Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns. Bobby Moore and Sir Jeff Hurst, the trailer booking and Billy Bones, a Paolo DiCaprio, a West Ham United. We celebrate our victories, we stick together in defeat. I'm proud of our history, a West Ham United. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whatever time you're listening, welcome to More Than Just a Podcast. That's not the way it goes, is it? Is it not? No, no. Why not? Good morning, good afternoon or good evening. This is More Than Just a Podcast and I go, podcast. Well, that'll do then. Welcome tonight to to Sean in the depths of Surrey. Yeah. Welcome to the local lad, Nigel. Aye, aye. In deep and starkest Essex now, not getting town. (laughs) And myself, John, in not the deepest part of Surrey, just a little bit off Surrey. So over to you, Sean, as you are the leader. Season 5, episode 23, and I'd like to say to you, uh, belated, happy St. George's Day to both of you. Thanks. It's not a St. George's Day podcast, but how did you spend St. George's Day? I'm doing jobs and bits and pieces. You you didn't didn't wear a St. George's cross and go out and be patriotic then? No, I just put on my my shorts when I was in the garden, my George Cross once. Okay, well, it is a football <laughs> podcast. It is a football podcast, and let's talk about football. We missed one because of the um, Easter bank holiday, so we. I'm going to uh, rewind you back to that great um, game against Sunderland, the Black Cats. Did you go, Nigel? No. No. Call yourself no. a supporter. Oh no! Shocking, isn't it? Shocking. I did watch the game, but no, no. Didn't, didn't. Is Sunderland the furthest game away now? I don't know. You're, you know this season, yeah. Right. Okay. Obviously not next season. <laughs> Why are they coming back? Twofold. Well, one, they're going down, and Sun, uh, Newcastle's about, I think, 15 miles, 10 miles further north. Right, right. Okay. So, uh, let's talk about Sunderland. Um, did you watch the game, John? I watched uh, most of it, I, or the second half. I can't remember. I didn't see the first half. You were keeping us up to date. I was doing something. I can't remember. I have seen it all since. It's yes. two two. It was two two, by the way. It was. So, um, what? Tell us what you can remember of it, and then we'll go. We're going to <laughs> to, to, to fill us in, in in the blank spot. Well, from what I thought, what I have seen it all since. So, obviously, we got uh, an early goal, didn't we? Uh, you yeah. from a Carroll mishit. Um, they they equalised. They did equalise, didn't they? That right. They did. Right, oh, not long after, and then we. Um, Ginger Collins got one. Yeah, that was it. The direct from the corner, wasn't it? Some gum Casbury, wasn't it? Yeah, that was part of one of the some of the strangest goal. And then obviously that was the beginning of the end of Randolph. Um, 
yeah, and then we got on it. We got back in front, and then they scored in the, about the 90th minute. Any Barini Peregrine. That's all Carol I can Brady remember. Says we've lost 22 points this season when we've scored first. She said it in a in a Sun uh, Football Diary, so it must be true, John. Well, that's do we never. Do we not know how to hold them to a lead? Or is that true? Who said it? Karen Brady. Karen Brady. Can we have that verified? It's true or not? I don't, I, I'm not well, sure. the Daily Star it says it. it afterwards, so um, oh, it must right. be true. Oh, must be true then. Blimey, right. well, she but, can tell the truth. But it's, it's all just part of their constant sort of like, like drip drabbing of undermining of the manager and it that sort of stuff. So, but yeah, it, it hasn't been good. At, well, it hasn't been good, is it? We have lost quite a few points from winning positions, but uh, that was just. Pretty poor defending all round, which obviously was put right this weekend. But it was the beginning of the end of Randolph, wasn't it? Randolph sort of flat. Yeah. He got he got actually got taken out for that corner, didn't he? When that corner went in, he actually got flattened by it. Was it Andy he did, yeah. And then, um, yeah, yeah. Were the tactics wrong in your view, um, John? Before I move on to Nigel from from the manager. Um. I, oh, no, they were fine. The tactics were fine. Oh, <laughs> no. criticise the manager. Prepared to criticise the owner. Did the owners get anything wrong for the Sunderland game, John? Um, no, no, they didn't. They, they've got everything wrong every other time. Not on the Sunderland game, no. All right, let's move over to you, Nigel. What, have you got anything to add on, on that 2-2? That two, two? I know it seems uh, quite a way ago. Now. Good away point. It was, actually. I mean, I know they're probably down, but they didn't know it at the time, probably, did they? But they haven't, no, scored, no. They haven't scored for how long before? Uh, only only about seven hours. But it was, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, they hadn't scored at home since December. Um, and then they hadn't scored a goal in the Premier League for seven hours, I believe. But, I mean, take, take that aside. If you look at winning your own games during the way, You've got to go, oh, well, that's a good away point. We scored twice. You know, the, the second goal, I thought, was a bit unfortunate. Uh, Randolph come a long way. He yeah. did get hold of the ball and punch it clear. Uh, unfortunately, it felt the Barini still managed to get it through the crowd of players. I, I thought it was a bit harsh to just put the blame on Randolph. Would you have dropped Randolph before um, Sunderland game? Nigel? No. No? Do you think no, he was I right? Think. I know jumping ahead, would you think he was right to drop in for the um, Everton game? I, possibly. The only reason for that is is, is because it, you, if you drop a keeper after mistakes to bring in his reserve and then the reserve makes mistakes, you then have to revert it back because you have to treat them fairly. Now, yeah. Whether he deserved to be dropped or not, I'm not sure. But the fact that, it, it, as I said, you've got to treat players fairly and then they'll respect you. So, you know, it's come out, Adrian and Billich, I don't know, intimated they hadn't been really talking. Perhaps that's because Adrian felt Randall's been making mistakes and I've been brought back in. Yeah. But, that, you know, he fixed that in a way by making the change. I'm trying to remember now uh, who who our strikers were. Was Andy Carroll played for how many minutes? Carroll and AU. AU did did Sacco come on? Sacco didn't come on at all, did he? That, no. Ah, of course, that was the big that was story, the, wasn't it? The stop, wasn't it? So the Sacco story, um, as far as I'm concerned, I know that Village has come out and denied it. Was on the Friday, on the Thursday, on the press conference. Village said, you know, that he's, he's likely to be available for selection. On the Friday, suddenly, and, and on Friday morning, well, up to Friday 3 o'clock, the, the official website of West Ham is still saying, you know, he's, he's likely to be available for selection. Suddenly, it breaks on KUMB that he's not on the coach. Then we hear um, he's had a little knock, which was a little bit of maybe PR put out by the club. And then finally, we hear... And I, I don't think it was a bust-up, but it went like this. Billy calls him and says, you're not starting on Saturday. And he goes, oh, my knee hurts. I don't think I can come. It's as simple as that. No argument, no bust-up. But basically, Sacco withdrew, you know, withdrawn his services. 
Whose side do you come down on that? Is is I mean, obviously, <laughs> he's he was back. Um, you know, it, is the manager right to? Well, he's the manager. You know, he picks the team. He's the manager. He picks the team. If he's the manager, yeah. he picks the team. The players have to abide that. Look, the only thing I would say is, why tell him before he gets on the coach? Once he's on the coach, he ain't jumping off, is he? Yeah. So, you know, announce your team Friday night when you're up there because you're taking a squad of players, keep them on their toes. Are they playing? Are they not? Well, but, would you get rid of um, Sacco? You know, this is not the first time they've had a bust up. Would you get rid of him? If I was Billich and everything that's gone out is true that's been said about Sacco, which I'm not 100% sure is, we don't really know, then probably... I think you would do because you would see him as a bad influence. You can't have players withdrawing their services. When in a way, I suppose, perhaps he was protecting Sacco. He's just come back mm. from injury. He's only played, what, one and a half games this season? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you can't just walk back in. We don't have reserve football now for him to get proper match fit. Well, he's not match fit. I mean, we, we said well, on the plan with you that he yeah. would only play 30 minutes and you probably saw in the Everton game he came right on 60 minutes. It's a shame we yeah. didn't script at that. Well, you know, so it's up to the, for me, it's down to the manager. He lives or dies. He's seen that gets sacked when there's bad results. Yeah. So it's his choice. So would you, did, did you answer the question? Would you get rid of in the summer? If I was Billage, yes. Right. John, would you get rid of Taco in the summer? Well, like, like if, if it's all true what's been said, then he, he will end up going. But um, I think uh, a fit and firing, we're yet to see it. But what we've seen of him when he has been fit and, and had a consistent run of games, he scores goals. And I think if he goes if he goes to someone who's, you know, on the same sort of par as us and is fit and plays, I wouldn't be surprised if he scored fifteen, twenty goals. Mm-hmm. So I think he will you know, he's he's had a problem, hasn't he? He's had this back problem and they we're yeah. we're told by your sources that they've got to the bottom of this problem now. Yeah. He's as fit as he's ever been and as fit as they can get him. And I just think it We've heard might the same be worse. Andy Carroll, though, to be fair. No, yeah, the Carroll, I, I, Carroll's is diff, totally different, I think. He's inherently just going to break down all the time. I can't ever see him. So, follow up question to both of you, starting with John. Should we sell him to China if they come in the summer? Unfortunately, I do like him and I think he's, he's good, but. I would get rid of, absolutely get rid of him there. Uh, same to you, um, Nigel. Got get rid uh, of him this uh, summer? Karen? No, out of the two, I think you've got to keep one of them. Yeah. And out of the two, I would keep Carroll. But it's a bit hard. I know he's on big money. I, I wouldn't be playing him two games on the top. I, I read something, I think it was on West Ham Social, that um, Andy Carroll's only played 41% of the time. It's not for me. It's for me. It's not trying to save the wages or the money. It is the case that we five grand basic a week. By the way, John. Yeah, well, yeah, it's the Premier League, isn't it? We we set up our whole team when he when he has a run of form and a run of games. We set up to play for him, and then when he drops out, he's a massive loss. And then we have to try revert to a different game plan, and we find it hard. And I just think that if he was out of the squad now, we moved on. And we went for a different style of play all round and to accommodate the players that we can get. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to Sam Byron. Uh, got a second yellow, got sent off. Uh, Sam Byron, real deal for you too, starting with you, John. Is he is he the right back or do we need him to put him as a, a second string right back and, and get a proper right back over the summer? I, I, I think he's got something about him, but I don't, I don't think he's ready. So, right. yeah. I you, would, wouldn't be adverse to playing an older one. Yeah, I think, I think well, whatever, I think we need another right-back. We've got one. Abaloa, by the way, he's on 65 grand a week, right? You know since he's his fall out with Since his fallout with Village over cackling during a training match, he hasn't really played. He's played and that's four... true, Sean? It is over true. what? Kettling. Cackling. Cackling. He cackling. Apparently oh, there was a cackling. Oh, Bill had laughed. As in laughing. Apparently oh, there was a cackling. training match. Right? There was a training match a long time ago. The club covered it up. Um, and 
Not that uh, worse, you know it. Well, I agreed along by the way, I agreed rightly or wrongly a number with a number of other um people that are very well known ITKs not to not to release it at the time. Because oh, well. the club was going through a lot of stuff with the London Stadium at the time, we agreed not to release it. So I know it's it's the truth, but they fell out. He sent Avaloa to the under twenty threes to train with them at Chadwell Heath for two weeks. Um, and they really haven't... I know he's been injured off and on. Well, that's trying to check relief for you. 65 grand <laughs> a week. 65 grand a week. He's played four matches, right? That's two... Not that I've done this before, but I've had it out. That's half a million pounds an appearance for Abelola. And I, I said, although obviously in hindsight I, I take it back, but I said, well, maybe we should have played him against Everton. Obviously, we didn't need him, and three at the back worked adequately well, and we're going to move on to that in a minute. But it does seem a bit of a waste, and I don't. I wish they would just kiss and make up. Or maybe one of you two are going to say, well, we should never have got Abelow in the first place. He's a spent force, and he's, he, you know, his experience doesn't count for anything because his legs are gone. I don't I know. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Yeah, I can't. I'm not saying that. You can't, you can't, I mean, this is a bloke who's won Champions League, who's in the World Cup team when Spain yeah, won, won it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, surely to get a player like that, we didn't pay any money for him, did we? We signed him on a free. No, that, that's so why he was 65 it, grand a week. When we signed him, he was worth the 65 grand a week. Yeah. Now, nobody could see he was going to fall out with a manager. Yeah. You know, it, when they The manager that, wanted him, it was one of the manager's choices. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, it's hard... The, the thing I've always said with, with new players is you've got to give them you got to give them three to six months to get to the speed playing regular to get yeah. to the pace of the Premier League anyway. He's not been afforded that, has he? For whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's move on from the Black Cat. So a quick stat attack. Obviously, two goals apiece. Possession. West Ham had fifty-two percent away from home. Black Cats had forty-eight. West Ham had seven shots three on target, while the Black Cats actually had 14 shots on four on target. So maybe, maybe uh, they didn't deserve the draw and, and it should have been the other way around if the stats are to be to believe, day Nige? Well, you know what I think the stats are a lot of old rubbish. Yes. <laughs> no, you I do. can't <laughs> tell a story of a game. Anyway, let's bring, let's bring this up, up to date and, and talk about the game just a few days ago at the London Stadium. Because I know you both love the London Stadium. Um, West Ham versus Everton. Now, I just want to... The Toffees. The Toffees, absolutely. Although I've put blues on the running order. Not the Toffees. I don't know why I've done that. (laughs) So, let's talk about... We had a chat uh, over what's up on the way there, right? What did you say, Nigel, to begin with the score would be? What what was your prediction? I predicted nil nil didn't I? Oh, no. You didn't say 0-0, no? No, I didn't. I actually said we would lose 3-0. Yeah. And what did you say, John? Oh, I can't remember, Sean. Was it 3-1 or something? Or 3-0? Well, you certainly said Lukaku hat-trick. I don't remember that was that. it, yeah. Yeah, Lukaku hat-trick, 3-0. And what did I say? Oh, I don't oh, know, I don't listen to you. That's why brought it up, isn't it? Obviously. <laughs> what did I say, Nigel? <laughs> What's in the Yes, I remember what you said. You said... No, 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 I'm going for a hammer's draw. I did. I said, I'm following Mark Lawson. And what he said, he said, stalemate. Hey, didn't you said, I'm following Mark Lawson. Lawson, I forget what that was. Who's he talking about? (laughs) Who's Mark Lawson? (laughs) So I thought, do you know what? It felt like a win to me um, because I, I was expecting, like you, if I'm honest with you, that Lukaku would score for his 10th time in the row. And um, and I was pleasantly surprised um, of the game. And, and, you know, a quick stat attack before we start this time. Possession. West Ham only had 41 possessions uh, at home, while Everton um, obviously enjoyed 59, even though I put 61 on the running order. West Ham had 15 shots with three on target. And this really interested me. The top is Hammy had four shots with zero on target. Did that, did that stat surprise you, Nigel? I haven't watched the game, no. 
No, um, they didn't have a single one on target. No, I didn't. I couldn't remember one save agent at the make. make. Yeah. Well, well, I, I didn't know we had 15 shots. Three on target sounds about right. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a spirited in, um, performance. Before I've gone to you two, you know, for me, Arthur Mascarano was was, um, was excellent. Mascarano? Mascarano, sorry. Massy, Massy, I don't I just wanted to just, just call him Arthur. Arthur. I'm just going to yeah. call him Arthur. Arthur had an immense game and certainly is far better than Aaron Cresswell at the moment in his current form. I thought um, James Collins played out of skin, good old-fashioned centre-back, no nonsense. He is Mr. West Ham for me at the moment. Bear than Mark Noble, here's a guy who G's up the crowd, the second time he's jumped into the crowd, whipped off his shirt, celebrated with fans. He is the very essence of passion and playing for the badge. And it's hard to disagree with that. And let's start with you, Nigel, of, uh, of the game as you saw it. Obviously, no goals, but a, a, a spirited performance as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. You know, I'm sure a lot of West Ham fans were, were pleasantly surprised with the outcome of the game, which I then caveat by saying it just shows you how far we've fallen that we feel that way about a nil-nil draw at home with Everton. Well, they've done really well, well haven't they? Lukaku we really has been valued. Well, they've only won one in six away games. Yeah. In, in recent form. So, actually, that's probably on par for Everton's away form. And we weren't taking notice of their away form. We were just taking notice of their league position. So but Winston Reid, I haven't mentioned Winston Reid, he had a men's game. He had Lukaku in his pocket, didn't he? Well, Lukaku didn't get a sniff, but then he didn't get a service. He could say midfield, did its job. I think we played as a team. It's hard for me to pick one player out. You can't go and say, oh, he had a bad game. Well, actually, Adrian nearly made a mistake, funny enough. In the first half, but, he did, didn't he? Yeah. But, you know, but, everything that was asked of the players was achieved, apart from we didn't really have the service, did we? The three shots on target, you tell me what they were, because I can think of Lanzini what? with a powder puff. KRT one, was one of them, I can tell you now. He's you know, their keeper didn't pull off top-class saves, did he? No, he didn't, down. but Chianti, uh tried to slot one in, and I think he was yeah. on target and, and saved it. I think James Collins was another one on target. I couldn't, I couldn't name the third. So, you know, that, yes, it's another point. You know, I, I don't like celebrating nil-nil draws as a sort of semi-victory like the West Ham Twitter feed tried to do. Because it's, you should win it's the another games. point. 38 points should be saved this year, to be honest. Yeah. Sunderland, Sunderland and... Uh, um, Borough. Borough are already down. Uh, Swansea are eight points or seven points off us. Seven. They need to win three of their four games to, to yeah. really survive. It's just and two of them against big teams. So uh, no, they, they, they don't need to win three of the four to survive, but they need to win three of the four, and we lose every game to overtake us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. But we ain't, you know, we we ain't going down. I think you'll probably find that thirty six points would probably have kept you up this season. Yeah, yeah. Shows you how unlucky Rhoda was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, forty two. So let's yeah, just bring to you, John. I know you weren't. Uh, I, I was. Uh, I took my kids on on Saturday, and uh, so I was in row four so while you were in. Sorry. So did John. <laughs> 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 they weren't looking. John wasn't really well on the Saturday. He nearly didn't go to the game. He, he made a late call to camp, and and they him and uh, and George looked pretty miserable up there. And I I came up um, a couple of times during the game and said, um, you know, exciting, isn't it? And they went, yeah, right. And the only thing I will agree with John is we didn't look like scoring very much, did we? But let, I won't put words in your mouth, John. You tell me what you thought of the rip-roaring entertainment at the London Stadium. I thought it was a great game. I really enjoyed my day. I was really up for it from the beginning. And when I got there, I just got better and better. So, yeah, great performance all round, Sean. Sarcasm is the lowest form of which. <laughs> well, you know, it was, it was a lot better than I expected. And like, you know, people like Northite and... Masuaku and that they just had games that they hadn't had well to be fair 
more Norvite than Masuaki because he's been pretty decent when he's played. But he done really well. Collins was immense. He, I think he had more of a battle with Lukaku than Reed particularly did. Yeah, no, I think you might be right. I think he got collared a couple of times. Um, yeah, everyone done well, but we did look pretty toothless and, you know, set pieces. Lanzini well, I think we and, set out for a draw, if, if I don't, you don't mind me saying. I thought we sort of were playing for the draw from the beginning rather than trying to go out and win. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah we, we, were, we set up to be solid. I mean, I, I still don't see why... You know, all that talk about what Fletcher did that goal he scored and that why someone like he doesn't start when we got when he plays Clary from the beginning and who's a player we've got on loan with no option to buy and he's going back home in a couple of games. What is the point? Yeah, yeah. You're well, not better off. We had no, we had no one else really and But he had um, Fletcher on the bench, didn't he? Yeah, Fletcher. Not... I saw some some checkers of, of of Fletcher in, in training and you know, he, he he looked pretty good, but I suppose anyone can look good in training. So that was the thing for me, really. I didn't understand why he started, but... Yeah. Sacco, you know, a bit too hard to say. I know he was only on for 30 minutes, but he, he did look a bit <clears> rusty. You know, it's, it's difficult to say whether he will come back as is. Uh, but it might be irrelevant if, he, if he's off in the summer. Well, when, well yeah, well, when, when it got to about 80 minutes, I was, I was literally hoping that we, we got the draw at that point because we, we would have hurt, I think, after that yeah. performance. Did, did you leave early? Because no. I met Nigel outside and you were nowhere to be seen. We were waiting for the um, away segregation to open, which opened pretty quickly. Couldn't find you at the bar, no. couldn't find you at the away segregation. Where did you uh, go? We left. we left straight off because um, George was going to a concert. I had to get back home for my daughter and that. So but how left. did you get past the away segregation? You weren't there waiting for it to open. We did, we did a right and then a left. We ended up walking through all that and then to put in Mill Lane with all the scousers. Oh, did which you? Was quite, yeah, which was quite interesting. A lot of them were slagging off the stadium. You wouldn't have liked it. Mm. There were people walking through there going, God, no, we don't, our, our new stadium ain't like this and all this sort of thing. So did you, couldn't did you see public. the... Well, it's something, is, aren't they getting some state <clears> funding <throat> from Liverpool Council or something? Everton, there's been this big hoo-ha. I don't know. I don't know. I don't um, know. The, the, the thing is, I think Liverpool are bidding for the Commonwealth Games. That's and I right. think Liverpool yeah. Council want to use the, the stadium uh, as, as part of the deal. So you've got to see whether they do what, what we've got or do they do what um, what Man City got. Um, in a way, I suppose, if Everton were available to be bought, I'm surprised Golden <coughs> Sullivan ain't selling up and buying Everton. You know, get them to move into a stadium, rent it. They've been nice on the supporters of Everton, actually. Yeah, probably. Yeah, Dave yeah. Sullivan's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there was Harry a, there was... back to Birmingham, but we're not a Birmingham podcast, so we won't tell <laughs> what Harry uh, <laughs> taking over from Zola at Birmingham. Well, That's hilarious. I listened to uh, listened to the six oh six podcast of Five Live phone in, and there was a Everton fan on there absolutely annihilated his day at the stadium. Just went on there and absolutely yeah, abused it. So. Have you seen the video of of that's been on YouTube of the? Round between um, the West Ham supporter and the uh, filming the the steward and the steward. Yeah, I have. Yeah. 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 Right. Well, I don't. I don't think he made himself out there. <laughs> I mean, neither carved themselves in glory. I thought the, the West Ham supporters looked like right yobs, swearing and abusing, and and the, and the steward didn't make himself out to be very good. So I, I don't think either side really came out that too well. But it shows you there's still a disconnect between stewards and, and the fans, isn't it? Yeah, but that will always be there. The only way to remedy it is, is for West Ham to be in charge of the stewarding and to direct them. And yeah. since we know that ain't going to happen, there is never going to be a remedy to that. Yeah. Funny, yeah. the London Stadium, you know these, I came across someone with a camera, you know these body-worn cameras, and I asked yeah. lots of questions about these. And what the London Stadium told me which I didn't know. I mean, there's, there's 48 of these for all the two sides. And I said, well, how is it recording? What do you do with the footage? And who can review it? They're not on. They only get turned on during an incident. Yeah. And they should tell you they're turning them on. I'm pretty sure yeah. the Data Protection Act. We do so they this, turn this them on, they have to the, say to you, yeah, we are yeah, going to record part this. part of what I've raised with them. I've, yeah. I've sent them 10 questions, and I've said, I will bring this up with the ICO if you don't answer about data protection, and, and they're being a bit vague at the moment. Anyway, it's not a data protection podcast. So all I'm going to say 
is uh, sure, sure. Let's see what the gaffer has to say. Slaven, Ronald Koeman's been in here and said only one side deserved to win the game, and that was yours. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great for him, but to know that if he is honest, manager and all that, so it's nice to hear. Yeah, I think we, we deserve to win. To be fair, I, I couldn't have asked for more from my players, and I told them in the dressing room, OK, we can talk about a little bit lack of quality decisions in a, in a box and, or, or around the box, but spirit, determination, effort, team effort, uh, de defensive part of the game, how solid we were, how composed we were. It's not easy. You know, we can talk that they weren't good, but, but we are talking about Everton, the team that is very capable of creating chances, of scoring goals and all that, to limit them, not to have basically one single chance in the whole game. It's, you need uh, quality and effort, and that's what we've done. And uh, I'm only gutted that we didn't win the game. Is the one frustration for you again, as ever, is just that inability at times to be able to convert those chances into goals? Yeah, but to be fair, so far in the season, we, we let's say, put it this way, we scored enough goals. Not today, of course, but enough goals. Uh, for us, it was the question that we were conceding goals uh, and all that. Today, we were great in that. But, but if you're watching today's game, of course, uh, there is a bit of frustration because from my point of view, we, we didn't have clear-cut opportunities, but eight or nine of the situations where you are, where you can score, we couldn't and we didn't. Uh, but look, it's very positive, very positive. Uh, really good performance, team performance uh, in front of the great crowd. And uh, we got a point. We wanted three. We knew it's going to be extremely hard. And we got a point and we go towards the next game of the season in a very positive way. Is it a point that you think just about now guarantees no. your Premier League safety? Uh, unfortunately not. No, no. Hull won the game. Swansea won the game. Mm. So it's still not. It's still not. But what pleases me is the performance and uh, move on to the next game. We wish you well. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck. What did you think about that then, John? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I haven't heard it, Sean. Oh, really? For the yeah. first time? Oh, After the five series and about 100 whatever episodes, you're going to finally hear me. Never I can honestly say I haven't heard it. So I would imagine it was quite positive, though. I'd imagine yeah, he yeah. was talking up the whole team's performance. He was pleased. I think he said, I'm pleased with the performance. Yeah, I think we deserve the point. So, if yeah. I'm honest with you, I haven't even downloaded it, so I... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. On this case, and, I <laughs> and, and just to let you into the podcast magic, I will be editing that in later, which is an in joke that we've been having for four or five seasons now. And now, yeah, us listeners would never have known. No, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's move on the running order. Um, one thing that John actually gave me a story for Clown Hugh today, um, <gasps> and 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 that, and so I, you, I, no, I hold on, hold on a minute. I didn't give you a story. <laughs> I asked yes, you, you, is this true? Is, I asked you, is this true? This is the question. I just, it wasn't, here's a story for you. Well, and then I came up with, with my favourite um, headline of the day, which is Club Sells Shirts of Players' Backs, which I thought was a great headline. What's the you story, would be proud. What was what, Sean? What is the story? I just, uh, on Twitter, I saw it. I think, actually, I saw it on the big screen on Saturday as well. You could buy the shirt that Powell scored, the overhead kicking and whatever. And I didn't take much notice of it. And I saw it on the official Twitter feed. 
and it was up for it got up to a thousand pounds or something. Or yeah, one thousand two hundred and sixty when I when I wrote the story for Planet Future. So I just messaged you and asked you, is this for real, as in a money and sort of money making scheme to get more money out of fans for the club, or is this for charity? And, and I didn't know, so I asked the club, and do you know what they said? What did they say? Well, I asked them whether it's a charity or the academy, and they came back and said, we're only doing what Arsenal, Liverpool, West Brom, Palace and Millwall do already. So in other words, I think you can take that as red as the money goes straight to the club. But why I'm going to ask you, John, and I think I know the answer, is it a bit tacky and desperate to that, that we need money so badly that we would sell worn shirts? And not I see, yeah, I I, I thought about it at the time, and I thought it's, that's just so wrong. It's just our Barrow boy blokes in charge of our club and doing. But then, you know, I think it's just a realization of as a man of a certain age, that's just how bad and commercial football is these days, and they'll do anything to make money out of you. Well, I, I didn't know so, that Liverpool yeah, and, and yeah. Arsenal did this beforehand. Arsenal been started it. Um, it's a German company back in 2014. So they've been doing it for three years. Nigel, is it wrong? Arsenal just rip the arse out of everyone, well, don't they? I think the story, and I put it in there, which is the person who bought it in at Arsenal, who's now the MD at West Ham, almost definitely bought this in. Uh, you know, he's the MD of West Ham now, probably bought it in Arsenal three years ago when he was there. Uh, and I'm sure you, and of course you know him anyway, Nigel. Nigel, is this wrong or right that, that they should be doing this? Should they be giving money to charity or shouldn't they be doing it at all? Well, I, I mean... I was under the impression that the shirts they were selling, set aside the Andy Carroll one, were the poppy shirts. Yeah, they did. Now, now they did sell that for, for charity. Yes, they did. Now that should be going to uh, Royal British Legion. It did. Yeah. Right. They did. So yeah. that, that. Now we get to the Andy Carroll shirt. I mean, if someone's mug enough to pay twelve hundred pounds for that shirt. Yeah. I mean, I buy. Dave, David Noyes, by the way, is a uh, noise is the is is the top well, bidder. Look, at the end of the day, you know th- these things have got value. If he's got twelve hundred quid to throw away on a match worn shirt, which when you look at our uh, uh, memorabilia and you look at match worn shirts, I've got a James Collins match worn shirt from two thousand and eight, I think. Yeah. Uh, autographed by the players, framed nicely. Yeah. That, Did that you ever sniff it? At an auction. Well, I've seen the glass thing. So it's no, definitely but did you sniff it? I'm, I'm, it's no, an, an, right, before I picked it up, I, I had it framed. So I put, yeah. bought it at an auction unframed, and I paid, uh, and, and, and they got it framed for me. And it was um, £180. Pound. Yeah. Now, well, I'll tell you what, you could buy a Fadooli one for that price, by the way. Well, He's only £130 <laughs> quid at the moment. But that's, uh, you know, that's, but that's what I'm saying. You know, there's no value in paying 1200 quid should the club be doing this I find it a bit laughable but, you know there's no surprise that Arsenal have done this before you know I've said it before it's the Arsenal for case of West Ham but, but, but Liverpool do, let's be honest Liverpool it's Palace just because it's, other clubs is there safety it, in numbers or is it just no, wrong no because it's just because other clubs do it you know it don't mean we have to other clubs win trophies. Don't mean we. Have to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, you know where we're staying. We're different. You know, let's behave differently. We can right. put ourselves more than just a football club. They used to say, "Well, it's yeah. just a money-making machine." Yeah. Okay. What is a football right, club for? What is a football club for? Even it, I must admit, is it even here to I make would. money or is it here to play football? Even I raised my eyebrows at this one, and, and I thought that actually, if nothing else, you should say the money goes to the academy because that's just a like. Little yeah, but you know, yeah, sure they've they done that watch. before. They've yeah. done that before with other money about what it said, oh, it goes to the academy. It just yeah. gets swallowed up. Where does it yeah. say in the accounts, oh, yeah, when we no, sold this auction so stuff, that's what I'm that money if was not ring spin, That's exactly what I would have said, the money goes to the academy. And no one but can do it anyways. They don't really care, do they, about no. the the things like that. I mean, you look at just the stuff like Brady writing for the Sun, like the boy Sullivan now writing for the Sun. Most people think that's distasteful or at least wrong for a, a director of a football club to be talking about other directors and stuff that she talks about in a column in the Sun. And the Sun is an issue in, as, a, as another thing for football I, I will mention, I will pass on your regards when I see her tomorrow, John. You I will. That. 
Yeah. Well, that, was that before your free course meal, your little private tour and a little sort of like... No, 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 no the no, players no, 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 lounge. Just a business, it's a, Are you a business sure? meeting. Yeah. So it's totally different than the last one then? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, this is the second story that John helped me with on Clout and Hugh this week. <laughs> God, <laughs> John's going to get... And what sauce will he be? So, so I mean, he's my got sauce. senior sauce. So actually, <laughs> John, in when... <laughs> wrote to Karen Brady on Twitter and David no, Gold. Yes, he did. And he said, um, and, and Clown Hugh and said, will you run this story about Dan, uh, Dean Saunders, not Dan Saunders, um, if your paymasters are to you, sources. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll allow it. So I did write a story. Did I not? Did I follow through, John? You did, yes. So give me a, a summary of what Dean Saunders said, even though I I did actually transcribe the words exactly. What what was Dean Saunders' beef on BBC TV? It was on their BBC, is it called the Final Score or something they they call it? Yeah. And uh, he just said, they said, asked him about Billich's position, and he said if he was Billich, he would resign the way that the uh, management have come out he, above he him and undermined him. He said they'd undermined him, that there was talk at the uh, beginning of the season about a list. Um, and that he would have walked. And that the uh, the do- director, one of the directors to be putting out on social media apologising for performances, it's not his place. Yeah. I must say, I'm going to start this one off. I, I disagree with Dean Saunders, you'll, you'll be surprised for me to say. <laughs> Dean Saunders is going on hearsay. You know, the, the board have never come That's out and say they're looking it? for... No, the, the board have never said there's a list or they were replacing him. That's if not hearsay. For, right. So it's not true, Saul. What? Why? You, you, you're, telling, you're telling me that the, the people that have Mancini in the crowd, the you know the names of other managers that you've actually told Mancini us in the past. Mancini has been tapping the ball up and not the other way that, around. All right, well, whichever way so you go. Has the club ever, ever, has the club ever looked at replacing Billich this season? Uh, have they drawn I, up the list? I have they ever looked at other managers? Seriously, have you no. ever been told... When no. when you when you told me when you've told me that like things like Ranieri and yeah. right, is this untrue? I think then? all no, I think all owners will have a contingency plan that's not the same as drawing up a list and undermining the manager. But you know, if the press want to it want to link names, that's up to them. Do they you pull know, these Dean names Saunders out of the blue? Was very they make it up. Fact. Well, does he know? Has Dean Saunders? I don't know what his relationship is with Village. Has Dean Saunders actually spoken to Karen, David or David and found out when there was a list? He doesn't right? need to. He needs to look at Karen Brady's and, column and, or the well, he, Twitter never talked from the board Sullivan. Historically, and Nigel will tell you this, Gold and, Gold and Sullivan do not sack managers. We know this. Come on, Nigel. Yes. Do they sack don't, managers no, historically? No, no, historically. They don't. Yeah, I know. At Birmingham... Uh, Terry Cooper was disposed of. In, in fact, it mirrored what West Ham they, they got rid of Terry Cooper after the first season when they bought the club, brought in uh, Trevor Francis. He was there for years. He failed, bought in Bruce. They got relegated, still didn't sack him. Bruce brought him up. Then they appointed McLeish and then they sold the club. Yep. So that's, that's it for, what was that, seven well, let me years ask you, All right, let me ask you another question, John. Dean Saunders said that some of the bad season was down to the owners undermining the manager. Do you agree with that? Do you agree that some of our poor results... Did he say that? Did he actually he did, say yeah. that? Yeah, he oh, actually right. said that some of the... He said, a lot of the bad results this season by Village are down because he was undermined. Do you really believe... Do you agree with Dean Saunders on that point, John? I don't agree that it, 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 our performance is down to him being undermined, no. But no. I do agree that he has been undermined, and they continue to. And it's not a case that they're, they're lining someone up to replace him. I think that because of the high esteem that he was held in by the fans, it, they they were not happy with the performances. They weren't happy with the results. But they didn't want to sack him because of the backlash they would have got from the fans. Right. On top of the stadium move and everything else, they they are trying to engineer a way where he's had enough of it and he'll walk away as an honourable sort of man. Right. And that's right. what how I interpret it, that... Well, I, I think, this is what I think for what it's worth, you can argue ask this. I think most owners in the second half of the division in the Premier League discuss sacking managers 
if they fear they're going to get relegated. And we know yeah, many of them have replaced it. The difference yeah, between West Ham and the rest of them is... Yeah, right. we, we have an inability it leads from to keep Ham, yeah. anything yeah. inside will, the club. John, we're in agreement with that. We should keep our mouths shut. I agree. Maybe be a quiet podcast. <laughs> it would be a very quiet podcast. Okay. Anyway, anyway, let's move on from that. Obviously, Dean Saunders said what Can you I said. defend Dean Saunders then? Go on then. Well, to, to be fair, have, have the owners been un, has Billets been undermined? Yes, he has. Now, when an un, a manager's undermined, the players will see that. Yeah, and and remember, a lot of them, some of them players are there because Billets has bought them. Some of them may think now, whenever there's a change of manager, a manager will want to bring his own players in. There's a lot of people that rely on Billets being at the club for them to start the club. Yeah, so they will see that. And it and it can affect performances on the pitch. Now I'm not saying that oh because he's been undermined this is why we're sitting you know 14th, 15th on 38 points. But it is all conducive to what has happened throughout the season. Now the fact well, you, is they have in their own way. No, 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 no. We we badly. We played people out of position. Please don't conveniently forget. But, yeah, but we, some we players didn't have are a played right out of position because of injuries. Some players are played out of position because of injuries. Oh, come Every on, Antonio. Let's go back to the beginning of the season when Antonio was played for the right back. And he was yeah, so but, stubborn, he didn't want to move him. All right, no. That, yeah, but you and I both spoke at the start of the season that we knew Billich was going to play uh, Antonio as a right back. Yeah. He, he fought Antonio. He's his wife, I think that. He's the manager. World-class right back, yeah. Well, not world-class. He's not world-class now. Right back. Now, now look at what the job that Antonio's done at right back last season. So we've got to base it on that evidence, not the evidence on now. Last season, he's done a great job at right back. You cannot say he didn't because he did. It was a fluke. I don't know what it is. Hold on. Look at Klopp. Where's he play Milner? Look at um, what's his name, um, Guardiola, where he's got Jesus Navas playing. I mean, they they do managers do this. Giggs ended up at left back. Would you? Yeah. All right, all right. Let's just close this one down. Would you now? I'll spoke to you in turn. Start with John. Would you? Would you play Antonio in right back? No, right? no, I wouldn't. No, no. But he doesn't. You? He doesn't. No, it worked. It was an experiment. My, my issue was it went on for a long time. And we're, look, we're never going to agree with this. Then Dean Saunders said what he said. You obviously have something to see because both of you believe that Village has been undermined. I believe Dean Saunders had a view, but and our owners speak too so much. So you don't think he's been undermined? Say it. You don't think he's been undermined? I don't think he's been undermined by any other manager who's complete, under complete pressure in the Premier League. You don't think the rest of the managers in the bottom half or under No, because you, uh, you tell me what other chairman has come out and apologised to the fans well, for performance. Well, actually, that's a, that's a great link to move on to the next point. <laughs> because, again, John, <laughs> Moving gave on. Me, John gave me the idea for this story as well, which was on West End till I die. And I wrote a very controversial... I, 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 I want some commission here somewhere along the line. John this gave is... me the idea... He's been telling me for a long time that Spurs are proper, right? He said they've got a, a proper owner that doesn't open his mouth. They've got a proper... They, they set up the club properly. They've got a great youth policy. And, and he sang, you know, for a West Ham fan, said, look... Hold on, hold on a minute. Hold on, are you trying to lay this Tottenham love well, thing onto me? And, oh, no, <laughs> you, just because you've been getting greased. Oh, I... I said to you a while ago when you were going on about that, I said, look, just look at Spurs. Now they, they're a, a team that have been run properly for a number of years, impressive properly. Their chairman keeps his mouth shut and does his business professionally. That's how you should run a football club. That's what I said to you. Yeah, and it and gave you, me the idea. You gave right, it back sorry. to me saying, hold on, they'll be rubbish next season because they'll be a million pounds in debt. I did, yeah. stadium. You watch, it's all going to fall apart. That's no example. They're no example to look at and want to emulate, you said to me. So you shut me down on that basis. And now you're blaming me for the piece that you... I got, and, and Nigel knows this, I wrote a piece, a controversial piece, saying, will West Ham ever catch Spurs? 
and uh, and I, I highlighted all the differences, and I said basically no, you know they've got 71 points a second, we've got 38 points with a 14th or 13th, 14th now, um, you know they've got youth coming through, they've got a real, I mean let's be honest, I know you love Village, Pochettino is a far better manager than, than Village, they've got I, and I will even agree, I don't like the guy, but their their owner is a really good negotiator and their chairman is a really good negotiator. They, they've set up the club well. And it might hurt us to say that Spurs are heads and shoulders above us. But it's right. I got so much grief. I got called a Spurs fan, did I not, Nigel? You did. You did. I, I, <laughs> I, I did resist joining in, but I was... T- uh, and to, and to Aunt Wegemon. Um do, do you disagree? <laughs> do you disagree? This rivalry no. with Spurs, I don't understand. It's we a one never rivalry. Spurs. No. I'd, I, I'd, I'd actually think I wrote something in Overland and Sea a couple of years ago about how we're falling away from Spurs and, and how they have done it right. And, you know, I actually disagree that I think they're going to have money troubles with their stadium. Because if you look at what they've done with Gareth Bale, this, you know, for years they were finishing fifth, sixth while selling their best players, and that was yeah. bankrolling the club. They weren't actually; yeah. they were they were earning fifty million a year. You know this more than us with yeah, the same yeah, yeah. size stadium. Now Sullivan comes out and says we're going to move to the Olympic Stadium and enable us to challenge. How much does it earn us? Twelve million a year. Well, yeah. hold up a minute. Twelve million a year. We're fifty million a year with the same size stadium behind them. Ain't ever going to happen. Yeah, and and you know where uh, the, the gaps they've got in their second season almost definitely with Champions League, which is a whole different level of funding that comes in from Champions League as well. Well, they're, and, and they're moving, they're moving to Wembley Stadium. They've just got approval, which I put in the story, for the full ninety thousand. Um, now, even if they sell their tickets at twenty quid average, which is unlikely, knowing Levy. And he did it at eight million a year to rent it out when Chelsea bought eleven. Typical Levy. They're going to make something like thirty-six million pound extra profit from tickets per year while their new stadium is being built. It, it, you know, we need to get real. And yeah, but they can't win a game now. They'll probably go down. Well, we're, <laughs> that would be hilarious, wouldn't it? Be absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Anyway, we've got a better record at Wembley than they have at the moment. It's not a Spurs podcast. So I will. I'm not a Spurs fan. I just don't. I had to shut up. You know, we're not going to move to catch up Spurs. The rich we can't catch up Spurs. We can't. We won't. No. We won't. They're, they're building in their own stadium. You yeah. look at what they got planned for their new stadium. They got the American football franchise going in there. They got. Well, they're going to be five years time. They're going to be. We are way in front of us. We are closing the gap on two things. Can you remember what they are? Because you read the story, Nigel. What are the two things we are closing the gap on Spurs? Uh. I believe distance, we, we, we've moved nearer the Tottenham. We're about 1.4 miles, miles nearer to White Hart Lane. Five miles away from Spurs now. And what's the other thing that seven. we absolutely dominate them on? Uh, oh. I'm Ashfield. No. Losses? No. Do we lose more games than him? We've got still the biggest TV screen in there. Ah, the TV screen. Yeah, they they will TV not be screen. able to compete when it comes down to TV screens. Yeah. Um, and our Clarence Hughes flag is probably still bigger than this. Well, well they got a Clarence Hughes flag at first. <laughs> 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 we might buy that. Anyway. <laughs> Where's my money? <laughs> let's, let's move on. John brought up earlier, just on the back of that, um, I think it's what, something that David Gold tweeted out, which is, is Rush Green a state-of-the-art facility? And when you look at Spurs, which I think we've got a 77 acre ground we've got 39 acres when you look at uh, Cobham with Chelsea and Arsenal we are well behind the investment put in training we've, we've yeah, well, that, again, again that's our chairman on Twitter saying we've got a state of the art training facility and I asked you a question we used to have a chapel yeah, I said, Heath alright if I said is it state of the art our new training facility and then you look at the picture of the facade as you go in, and it's just a breeze block building. It's been painted with the new London Stadium sign on it. But you look at even look at Sunderland's training facility. Look at Bournemouth's training facility. They're just, you know, we're not. It doesn't look like it, but I don't know the ins and outs. 
we're, Again, we're probably still better than some, and I sent you some, some stuff on this. But we're, are we are we in the top six best training facilities? No, we're not. We're probably seven for eight. But do you need that? Well, the, do, the do, do, do you need? Is, well, yeah, but what I'm saying is is that players surely can only train on one pitch. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're all all pro clubs are going to have roughly probably the same training regime. You know, as long as you've got room for the equipment. I mean, not our manager, Nigel. Well, yeah. Our manager, they let them all sit around on his arse all day. Well, that's true, John. Don't get me started on the training regime at at, at, uh, Rush Green. Because I'm glad you brought that up, John. I didn't mean to. Don't start him off. Carry on, nice, please. Anyway. (laughs) Well, Ted Leaf was like Porter Cabin City. I I went and played a game there years ago. We've been invited to Rush Green. I'll tell you what, let's see if... We need to go to Rush Green soon. Me, John, and George, we've been invited down for a competition we won to get some shirts, yeah? Why, why don't we invite you down as our special guest, Nigel, and we'll all go to Rush Green and see it for ourselves, yeah? Well, it's only up the road from me, so that'd be all right. Good, good. <laughs> anyway, let's, let's go on. Uh, we're running out of time. All I'd say about the training facilities is that if you're up against a team on your level, and they come, a player comes and sees the facilities and the ground and all that. It's, it could influence them when it when you're looking. I at... know Tottenham. I don't. I know it's not Tottenham, but my mate worked on the Tottenham uh, on on the Tottenham training ground when it was being built, and I know that some of the stuff they've got there is really state of the art. Even the fact that the players don't even need a badge to walk in, it reads their fingerprint and their eyeball, and it knows who they are. So it's just we've, got yeah, it's just, we've, we've got a hydro, whatever called it, a hydrotherapy for now. But it's just all shit like that. If you're trying to compete for the same players, it could help us all. Yeah, OK, fair enough. Anyway, last on the running order before we do our predictions. And this is a piece I did Claret and you earlier, um, which was... Just Playing a Claret and you podcast, you know that. I know, I know. Just four points separate ninth and... Um, 16th place so I think Southampton are ninth on 40 points we're on 38 in 14 and who's below us on 37 points you've got Leicester but with games in end you've got um, whoever then you've got whoever 16th points so there's only four points uh Hull I think we're on 33 but whoever's on 37 points or 36 points there's only four things now in the new TV deal that's worth 8.5 billion Every single place is worth two million. So this, this is a big difference, you know. Four points difference between those seven places, and yet they can make the difference between finish sixteenth and getting ten million pound bonus with merit payment, or finishing ninth and getting twenty four million. We really need to grind out every result and get as far as that table as possible. We're not going down, etc. My question to you guys is, we've got four games remaining. Obviously, we've got Liverpool, we've got Spurs, we've got Stoke this weekend, we've got Burnley. How many points do you think we can get on top of those 38, Nigel? One. Really? And which one is that? Stoke. Stoke away this Saturday, one point draw. One point. We we lose to Burnley. Burnley's own record is phenomenal. All right, you've fallen right into my trap. So your mate, Sam Allardyce, <laughs> right, can oh, beat Liverpool, nice. but we can't. Is, is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Some back, Sam, all this forgiven. No, definitely. No, because no, what I think you are to say is, what's the difference between, it, what do you think the bowling ground and, and the move, how many points does it cost us? It because if we finish... Team. Right, so if we finish 16th, but yeah. say six points, yeah, the move has cost us. That six points could have got us 10th. How much money do we lose? So now the £12 million that we've gained, yeah. we've possibly yeah. no, lost lose it, 8 right. to £10 million, So therefore, yeah. it's been, we might could have stayed at the bowling and earned the same amount of money as but we've got. If we, if if we'd have stayed at the bowling night and redeveloped it and got to like a 42,000 capacity, 
where would the extra 3,000 that attend to every game got, got in? They couldn't have got in, could they? Well, they couldn't have got in the roof for the flats, perhaps. Yeah. Oh, oh. Did you see the drone footage, by the way? Now, now we're now we're only yeah. averaging about 45, Sean, isn't it? Is that what we have? 47. 47. 47. Oh, yeah, but have a look. Everton going, come on, let's be honest. What, what do you reckon it was? Oh, I'm 42. booking 45,000. No, 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 no. It was at least 40. We haven't gone under 47. Come on, guys. No, go, that, there were so many empty seats. The apathy right. of people staying away is, is quite... So, and, and, and then when our lot start singing to the Everton fans, your, your support is whatever shit. Yeah. yeah. And they're all and they're pointing, pointing at, at the, the empty seats. Empty seats. And you're like, oh, by really? Talking about empty seats, we want to do a little bit of commercial. John, myself um, and uh, George are away uh, in Munich for the Spurs game. Our seats are available with uh, a friend of ours. Uh, we're selling them for £60 each, so that's such a big How game. So one, £60 each. What, you're not ticket trading them? You're not no. giving money back to the club? No, no, well, not in this you, game. You're denying the club an income. We will take Euros, by the way, because we're going to Munich on a stag But we are selling four seats in Block 113, uh, row 19, for 240 quid, and we will forward them to, uh, obviously to friends, as it's supposed to be, of listeners to this podcast. If you're interested, get in contact with us. That's for, for, well, it's for the general admission price, that is £60. Um, so you're right, folks, so you're right. <laughs> £240 for four tickets. Uh, <laughs> that ends the commercial. Um, so, Unbelievable. <laughs> Actually, a hospitality company has contacted me and offered me 240 quid for them, John, today. But it's it they dodgy. They wanted they'll, they'll get that. Well, I won't say what they'll get for it. Yeah, anyway, anyway. Um, I, I felt a bit dodgy about that. I'd rather, surely everybody yeah. wants to get down the London Stadium on a Friday night, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, we probably need to... Um, uh, you know, so give me your... Sorry, just to follow this up, what, how many how many points do you reckon we can earn, John? Because uh, Nigel's done his. I think I said the other week when we were talking it, I said I thought we'd finished at 40 points. So, so you say two more points, two more Two more draws. points, another two more draws. Yeah, I can't see us getting anything from Liverpool or Spurs, so I'm going Stoke, a draw, Burnley, a draw. I think we can win away at Stoke this weekend. We can draw at um, Spurs and Liverpool and win Burnley away. So I'm going to go for another eight points and get in ninth. Eight Even with a party line, forty-four, forty-four point finish. Even with our undermined manager and everything, forty-six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's finished strong before yeah. his hip replacement. Anyway, Good. that's all. All the time we've got uh, for this evening. Uh, we didn't mention why um, George is not here. Unfortunately, his train was delayed. Uh, someone threw themselves under a train uh, in Battersea, which um, meant he couldn't get back to Tottenham London. Tottenham fans get everywhere. <laughs> Hopefully it wasn't a, a, a Tottenham fan. Um, so we're playing Stoke away. Um, obviously, I, I, I pretty much know what you're going to say, um, Nigel, because you've already said it, haven't you? Draw. We can draw. They're having a what? bad one. Berahino nil, nil? hasn't scored. One, one, what, what? Uh, nil, nil, I think. Okay. John? Yeah, we can't score, so yeah, I, I was going to say nil-nil, so let's go 1-1. One, one. Um, and I've hopefully already said that um, we're going to win away at Stoke, so I'm going to go for a, a cheeky 2-1 win. Uh, Andy Carroll's going to come back, Sacco is going to come back, we're going to have two up front, it's going to be a 4-4-2, it's going to be beautiful, boys. When did we last play two up front, proper two up front? I don't know. Sunderland. Did he start with A? You won't write Cavill and A, isn't it? Was it not? Well, it's hard to know. It's hard to know where they play. Is A you a striker? Well, according to Debbie Sullivan, yes. Okay. Anyway, that's all the time we've got for uh, tonight. So it's goodbye from me, Sean. Goodbye. John has been... Happy. Nigel has been... Me. Um, And that's all it. Um, What do we say now? We say, come on, you irons. Oh, yeah, that as well, yeah. Come on, you irons. See you later.
there'll be more. More than just a podcast. There'll be more. More than just a podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.